Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. It's great to live in this great nation, isn't it? Hallelujah. You can give the Lord a hand for that. Yeah, amen. And all the while we celebrate the, the great country that we live in and those that have have even uh, given their blood and their life for, for our freedom, we also know as Christians that this is not our home, that, that heaven is our home, that we are citizens of heaven first. And part of, part of our blessing, and, and there's other Christians that don't have this blessing, but we do in this country, um, that we get to live in a free nation where we can worship and and pursue our own happiness and do the things that our Constitution allows us to do. I am so thankful for this nation. I'm thankful for um, the Supreme Court's decisions lately uh, regarding Roe versus Wade. So thankful for that. And I, I was asked by, by several people, how come we're not doing more to celebrate that as a church? or And, and I, I, I would say this. Um, It was kicked back to the states. The states have a lot of responsibility now in, in, in determining all those different things. But here's, here's where we lie as Christians. Here's where we're supposed to not, where we lie. This is where we're at as Christians. Um, we need to not run around holding the victory flag. We need to be there for every mother that is now going to be a mother and help them with their kids. That's just the way it is. I always see it. And I'm, I'm thankful for Ro, what Roe versus Wade being overturned means. I, I'm thankful that we're not a nation that, that, that just uh, puts its stamp of approval on ending pregnancy um, whenever they want to, especially in a day and time when we have more technology to, to uh, keep from being pregnant than we've ever had before. Um, there's no reason to take human life. But we as a church better stand up and help people like never before. That, that's how I feel. And it's interesting, um, in reference to that, our, our free clinic is going to be open very soon, once a week. Um, we have the medical clinic, the, the Indianola um, uh, free clinic, which is still going strong. They're gonna be doing a free sports, uh, a free sports physicals for, before school starts. I think that's wonderful. They're doing that the 16th of July, I believe. Isn't that right? 16th of July in the morning. It's going to be a great time. But the Agape Center in Des Moines has come to us and said, hey, can we use your facility? And we've talked about this before. But they are ready. And in the next, I would say, I don't, I don't know when, but probably in the next month or so, we're going to be opening that clinic up as a, as a crisis pregnancy center once a week for the, for the people of Warren County. So... You know, we didn't, we didn't know that that would happen when we built the clinic. There's a little bit of stepping out on faith, and then you see these things happen, and what the Indianola Free Clinic's doing is marvelous and wonderful, but here's another avenue that we can be there for people, and I'm, I'm just so excited how God works things out and how he puts them together. It's just never ceases to amaze me when you listen to the voice, what God can put together. And it might not make sense at one time, and then in a few months it makes total sense, or it might not seem right whatever you're doing, May, not, may, may seem like an odd thing to do, and then all of a sudden you turn around and it was exactly the right thing to do, even though everybody told you it wasn't, you know? And so it, it's, it's important, church, that in these days and these times with the things going on, even the Supreme Court decisions, because honestly, 
Um, and, I, and by the way, I'm very excited about the, uh, their, their stance on religious freedom as well, which was made a couple weeks ago. Awesome, awesome, awesome what they did for that coach that was in uh, Texas. But we, uh, as we are surrounded by these things, th those decisions divide a nation, right? And there's division all over, and we've seen it for the last couple of years, all these different things that have divided us as a nation. Never has it been so important for us as Christians, as citizens of heaven first, and then citizens of this great nation, to hear the voice of God and act on it. To truly hear his voice in the midst of all of this stuff going on. It's so, so important. And so last week, we uh, began a series on hearing the voice of God. And, and I said that the single most important thing that you can develop in your life with Christ is your ability to hear his voice. That's the most important thing as a Christian, to hear his voice, to have that ability to know that he's talking, to know that it's him, to hear him speak to you in leading and guiding us in our daily lives. It's just so imperative. And to dive into this conversation, we talked about five ways in which we could prepare ourselves to hear his voice. That was step one, preparing ourselves. Five ways to position ourselves in a way that will allow us to hear God more clearly. So to prepare to hear his voice, I, I said this, these things last week, you should first recognize the importance of hearing his voice, commit to obeying his voice, slow down long enough to hear his voice, right? Continually learn to recognize his voice and anticipate and expect to hear his voice. And all these will put you into position to hear him better. But being in a position to hear him when he speaks is only the first step. It's also important to understand the ways in which he speaks. And I know that in my own life, there have been many times in which I've asked God to speak to me in a way that I would know that it's him. Have you ever done that? Man, Lord, speak to me. I just want to know it's you. Tell me. Show me the lightning, show me the thunder, Lord, and I'll know it's you, right? And it's not that God withholds anything from us or wants to withhold stuff from us. He's not silence. He desires that we would all hear him clearly. He just wants us to seek him. And it doesn't always, he doesn't always speak using the same ways. He may speak one way to us in a given situation and then totally different, in a totally different way in another situation. The point is this, to know God is to know his voice. And that means hearing him through multiple ways and means. I've had God speak to me in almost an audible voice in my life, and other times it's been through tripping across the scripture that I just happened to glance at, right? God isn't confined to only speaking to me through the ways that I most enjoy hearing him speak. It's not about me, or only maybe, maybe we, we think sometimes that, that God will just speak to us, but it's only in our, in, our, in our head and through our heart, the filter of ourself, we think, well, he's only gonna speak to me through the ways that I want to listen to him. He speaks to us all the time, and we need to become skilled in hearing him through all the ways that he speaks. Cheryl Taylor, in her textbook on prayer and worship, has uh, helped prepare countless ministers of the gospel, pastors and missionaries and all sorts uh, by identifying five basic avenues in which God speaks to us today. They're basic as can be. And so this morning, I want to continue our series by sharing those with you. I, I may only get to a couple of them today, though, okay? Okay, because we're going we're gonna to get into this a little bit, and we'll take next week to do it if we have to. We've got next week. 
But there are many ways in which she speaks. But these are five basic, everybody probably already knows these and understands these, but there are five basic ways that he probably already is using to speak to you. And I just wanna put some highlight on them in your life this morning. Number one, big surprise here, he speaks through his word. Amen. He does. He speaks through his word. This is not rocket scientist, church. I believe that this is the most common way that God speaks to his people today. The most basic way. Every Christian must put an emphasis, they must focus on reading the word of God if they are going to be Christians that hear the voice of God. And there's no substitutes for this. Don't tell me you wanna hear God's voice if you don't read his word. Because it's just not true. You don't wanna hear his voice if you don't read his word. This is the first place to hear him speak to us. It's the first place we should go to. It's our go-to every time. We need God to speak to us, we want him to speak to us, we wanna hear his voice, go to the word of God. That simple. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. We can be taught by God through his word. Hello, George McFly, anybody home, right? It's obvious. It's a no-brainer. All scriptures, God breathed and useful for teaching, for rebuking. How many have ever read the word of God and been rebuked by it? That's hearing his voice. I know I have, I'm like, oh boy, I don't wanna read that one a second time, but I know I have to. For correcting, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for those purposes. 2 Timothy 3.16 in the Amplified Version says this, all scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and it's profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. And if that's what that scripture means, and I believe it does, what more is there? What more do you need than the word of God? You have something so powerful, so amazing. There's one on every bookshelf in every one of your homes. There's maybe even one on the coffee table, a great big one with some family names written in it, and we gotta blow the dust off of it. We have this, this Bible that does all this for us, and we use it as an accessory in our living room. When we should be in it and reading it. We got it on our phones now. How many love the Bible on your phone? You love that. We can listen to it anytime we want. We're driving, we can't, we can't read it, but we can listen to it. We can listen to it at night as we fall asleep. We can study it. There's more things available to us than there ever has been before in reference to hearing the word of God and listening to it and reading it and, and getting it inside of us. And yet the church, I don't think has changed a whole lot in this area. We're still lazy a little bit in this area as a big C church. The Bible's awesome. He speaks to us through his word. Do you, we want to hear God's voice. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. But there's the Bible sitting over there. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with the sinners or join in with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither. They, they prosper in all they do. How many want that? 
That's the word of God. Why, what's, the, what's the condition of that kind of promise? It's that they delight in the law of the Lord and they meditate on the word of God day and night. They meditate on it. They think about it. It's just in there because they put it in. When you store up the word of God in your heart, you won't be like, it won't be like you will have to physically go to the word every time you need to hear his voice. And I want you to understand what I'm saying here. You always can, you can always go to the Bible when you need to, but you may need to hear him in the very moment, in a split second, and you just don't have time to get a Bible out and look for scripture that, that applies to that situation. But here's the good news, you can hear his voice as the word of God that you read in the past is brought forth from within you. See, the word of God is living, right? It sits in you when you put it in and it lives there, and then when you need it, it comes out. And that is you hearing the word of God, the voice of God in those moments. When we read the word of God regularly, it acts like a reservoir of truth within our soul and our spirit. As life happens, and how many have had life happen? Two of you are alive. Life happens to all of us, doesn't it? It just happens, bad things, good things, all that stuff. But when life happens and you filled up that reservoir with the word of God, you draw from that reservoir almost instantaneously and the truth that is in there for you will lead God and direct you. You'll hear his voice through his word. That truth is the voice of God speaking. Hear me, that is the voice of God speaking to you. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth sets you free, right? More specifically, it's the truth that you know that actually sets you free. You must know the truth in order for it to have an effect on your life and set you free. Reading God's word, filling up that reservoir to draw from will become the voice of truth that you need to hear in those moments where life happens, where you have need, where you've just gotta hear his voice. You gotta know it's him. If you filled yourself up back here in life on a daily basis, that reservoir will be full, you'll be able to draw from it. But what happens when we don't have that reservoir filled? Then when we need it, it's just not there to draw from. So we go into panic mode, we go into 911 mode. We start saying, Lord, why won't you talk to me? Lord, I need to hear from you. We run to the pastor, we run to the prophet who'll give us a personal prophecy to tell us which way to go, which is no different than dialing Miss Cleo, by the way. And some of you are way too young to know who Miss Cleo is. I get that. Fortune tellers. We'll do all these different things to try. I gotta hear, I gotta know, I gotta know, I gotta know, I gotta know, and I just don't, I, God, why are you silent? Why are you speaking to me? And he's just saying, come on, man. You didn't go back and fill up this reservoir all this time. Now, he's not gonna leave you there, but when you repent of that, he'll speak to you. I know he will, he's a gracious God. He's full of grace and mercy and love for you. But he wants you to realize you don't have to go through those moments of chaos and disorder in your life because you can't hear the voice of God. You just gotta read the word every single day. Put it in every single day. Meditate on it day and night and you'll be like a tree planted by the water. Strong, solid can't push it over, no wind can touch it, no storm of life can knock you over. It's because you're hearing the voice of God all the time. I gotta be clear this morning, there are way too many dry reservoirs in the church of Jesus Christ today. 
so dry that people look for and listen for his voice in places they won't find him or should find any, they'll hear things they shouldn't hear. I've even seen people get angry at God because he seems to be silent when they most need him, and he's not silent. Don't blame God for not speaking to you when you haven't filled yourself with his word. And and understand this, the Bible is more than a collection of proverbs and, and psalms and parables. It is more than just historical accounts, and it's even more than prophetic messages of the things to come. It's his voice of truth for your life. The Bible is the voice of truth for your life. And when it's continually read, it's amazing how his voice becomes more and more clear. And he speaks to us all day out of, out of the very scripture we read every day. It's supernatural. It supersedes nature. The infinite God breathed truth into authors that were inspired to write down those precious God-breathed words. Now we can read them, and in the natural, they are inspiring and wonderful, but supernaturally, they are life itself. And and, And those words become the voice of truth in our life, the voice of God, but we have to listen. And eventually, the words out of our own mouth, as we keep filling up that reservoir, the words out of, out of our own mouth will be those same words of truth that we've filled our reservoir with. It's unbelievable how your vocabulary will be dripping with the absolute truths of the word of God when you fill up the reservoir. I, I, I just think about this. Life happens to everybody constantly. But if you've got that reservoir filled and you've been practicing this, and you've been doing this on a daily basis, it almost becomes that everything out of your mouth is just, again, dripping with truth from this word. And when that happens, it's, it's like you don't have to go from chaotic thing to chaotic thing anymore because you're always hearing the voice of truth within your life flowing from that reservoir of word that's within you. Does that make sense? It's awesome. Have you ever noticed some people just, I mean, they live from crisis to crisis. And some people just don't. And we go, well, they're just blessed. They're they're just lucky. They don't have crises. I think everybody has crises. I think some just are full of the word and what's what's a crisis to some might not be a crisis to another because they have that word of truth within them. So he speaks through his word. Number two, he speaks through a still, small voice. These are gentle nudges of the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about here, that that we find ourselves either ignoring or obeying. I think that in the whole conversation surrounding hearing the voice of God, that this is probably where most Christians gravitate towards when they're trying to hear him. They think, well, I've got to get better at hearing his voice his little voice that whispers to me. And, and God does speak to us often in this way. And it's usually subtle or even quiet in the way we hear him. But the phrase still small voice is only found one place in scripture. It's found in 1 Kings. Elijah had just had his showdown on Mount Carmel with Jezebel and Ahab and all the prophets of Baal. And remember how the contest was set up. They were to prepare sacrificial bulls and call on their God, and Elijah would prepare a bull and call on the name of the Lord, and whichever God answered with fire, the one true God uh, is the, 
whichever God that, that would answer with fire would be the one true God, the one who consumed the sacrifice, right? And of course, we know that Elijah wins this battle against the 450 prophets of Baal. Even as they were all praying for their false god, he was making fun of them. I love this, this, this uh, historical account in Scripture because it's just it's hilarious to me. He's like, maybe he can't hear you because he's in deep thought. Maybe your God is traveling or maybe he's asleep. Because they're all calling, 450 of them, calling down the fire from their false god and it never happened. Of course, Elijah gets up there, he soaks everything with water, calls on God and boosh, the thing just erupts in flames, you know. And then uh, we know also that he, he killed every one of those prophets and I don't know how that looked, but that was a bloodbath afterwards. Uh, 450 prophets killed false prophets, and uh, it was a solid victory for Elijah, awesome victory, because he was the only one standing there against so many. Have you ever felt like that? The only one standing against so many. But here's the crazy thing. Right after his victory, Jezebel threatens him. And he runs in fear for his life. He just saw God do something amazing, and now he's running in fear. And we see this, that, that kind of theme go out through a lot of the stories in the Old Testament. Victory, and then it's like, oh, fear, run away, run away. It's exactly what Elijah did. He runs in fear for his life. He became so discouraged that he went into the desert as he was running from Jezebel and the people that were trying to kill him. He sat under a tree, and this is, again, just right after God did this amazing thing for him, and he starts praying, God, just, just take me out. Just kill me. I can't deal with this. Kind of sounds like Jonah, right? It was his Jonah moment. Just, just let me die. I can't take this anymore. And eventually he came to a cave where God spoke to him. In 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, it says this. Then he said that God, he, said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great... And strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in, in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? You can be looking and listening for the voice of God in the thunder and lightning, church, and the wind and the earthquake and the fire. But oftentimes, God just gently speaks to us in our hearts, very quiet, quietly. And it happens everywhere all the time. It happens in school, at the store, at a gas station, in the break room at work, while you're driving, in the midst of a conversation you are having with a friend or a family member. It can even happen in church. Imagine that. God speaks to your spirit in church. And that subtle, still, small voice of God can be life-changing if it's heard and obeyed. It can speak to you to take a different route that may end up protecting you from an accident. It can speak to you to take a different route that might, you might just be able to avoid a big traffic jam. Listening and obeying his still small voice can literally save your life or just make your life more convenient. God loves us that much. He does all of that. Of course, it will help you minister to others too. 
God will whisper into your spirit, not necessarily into your ears. And I think it's important. You don't listen with here. You listen with here. You listen here. And you hear him speak. It's like an intuition that you feel. You feel what he's saying rather than hear what he's saying. It's his voice that you understand, though. I um, stopped at, at Casey's one day, and it was weird because I never go to this particular Casey's in Indianola, but I was just driving and had the inner thought, hey, why not stop at Casey's and fill up, right? I'm not empty, but I have time now, and in a few days I will need gas and won't have time. So I'll just do it now. So I stopped, filled up, and my card reader uh, didn't, or the card reader at the pump didn't work. So I went inside to pay, and I, I filled up, and I guess this was a while ago, so you, you didn't have to prepay at this pump. But anyway, I went in and then paid afterwards, and I, uh, as I was walking into the store, I noticed a kid walking out of the store with a gallon of milk. I had seen him and his younger brother um, pull up to the store on their bikes when I was filling up the car. And as I walked into the store to uh, get into line to pay, there was this prompting in my spirit. Okay, I, already, I think I already had one already at this moment. I had, hey, fill up your car. Okay, just seems like a good idea, right? That's, that's a very thought? Maybe, maybe not. And so as I was standing, as I was walking to the door, I was like, hey, I'm going to get in the line. Said, hey, buy a gallon of milk. I didn't know if we needed any milk. But I figured it wasn't a big deal if I bought one. So I went and got one, and then I began to pay for everything. And I walked outside, and here were those boys distraught, and they were fighting about what to do because he had dropped the milk, and it kind of exploded on the ground. And they were leaving, uh, as they were leaving on their bikes, it, it, it fell or something, and so the milk was running down the parking lot, it was running into the street, it was, it was just a, and the one, I think, said, Mama's gonna kill you. <laughs> um, so they must have been there to, on Mom's orders to go get milk, and um, they didn't look like they were, uh, maybe this is judgmental, but they just seemed like they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, I could put it that way. I'm sure the kids didn't. Uh, but anyway, um, there I was, at a gas station that I would not normally have gone to, with a filled tank that wasn't empty yet, walking out of the store that I wouldn't have normally even entered because I was in the store because my, the card reader didn't work, um, with a brand new gallon of milk that I didn't really need, all of this at just the right moment for these boys to get some help. And of course I gave them the milk and I told them that Jesus loved them and that and to have a great day. And all this happened because I listened to and obeyed that still small little inkling, that little voice. Nobody got saved. There wasn't a miracle in that moment. It was just one Christian who listened that one time. And I have to confess to you, I miss hearing the voice more often than not, that little still small voice. I listened that day, but I, I, I don't even want to know how many divine appointments God has set up for me that I have missed because I was so wrapped up in me. I didn't feel led to preach at those boys. I just said, hey, when I was in the store, God told me to buy some milk. Now I know why, so here you go. Jesus loves you. And they're like, whoa, thanks, thanks, man. They took off on their bike. But maybe they'll never forget that. That they didn't have to go home and explain to mama why they dropped the milk, you know? Not a, probably a big deal. But if all Christians, including myself, if we hit every one of those divine appointments, every time we hear that voice, if we obeyed it, that still small voice, how would that just change the whole atmosphere in our world? And I, I think just little things like that. 
A bunch of little things happening all the time. I think I shared this story once before. I was, it was when we were planting the Knoxville church. I was, I was in line, and um, there was a, an older lady in front of me. I was in line at McDonald's, and there was an old lady in front of me, an older lady, and she was buying some, getting some breakfast, and I was behind her. And, and so when I got pulled up to the thing, I said, hey, I'll, I'll pay for hers. When she gets up there, she doesn't have to pay. You know, I just felt that little inkling. Well, then it was like 60-some dollars. There was only one little old lady in the car. But it was like 60 bucks just for her. I mean, she was buying for a whole bunch of people, I guess. So, I wondered if I heard the voice of God that day. I, I, I probably did. She didn't even wave or say thank you. She just out of there. But listening to the voice is so important. I'd rather step out in faith in something like that and miss it than to never step out in faith at all. You know what I'm saying? Because how many know God will honor your faith? He really will. What if Christians became more concerned about hearing his still small voice than being heard by others? What if we were so tuned into his gentle promptings that we could hear the that we couldn't hear the enemy screaming lies at us all the time? What if we stopped waiting for the wind and the fire and the earthquakes and just obeyed those quiet leadings of his still small voice within our spiritual man, that spiritual person, that part of us, that spirit? God is speaking, church. He speaks to us all the time. He loves us. He speaks many times in the still small promptings, gentle intuitions within our spirit, and we can become skilled at hearing him. And I, I think about, Lord, I, I, I almost, I can go into a, a, a mode of, of condemning myself for not hearing his voice more. And, and that's, not what, that's not what I'm saying here. God doesn't, he's not, con, he doesn't condemn us when we miss it. I think he just goes, oh, sorry you missed that one. It could have been much better for you if you just would have listened. But he's not going to beat us up for it. Small promptings, gentle intuitions. It's amazing how we can hone our skills in this by spending more time in his word, by the way. They all interconnect and interlock, overlap, however you want to put it. Hearing the voice of God will always take us back to his word. Every time. Always take us back. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.